Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Stone, we really believe that everybody can. Do you? Like, do you believe that? Do you believe that everybody can know God? Do you believe that everybody can find freedom? Do you believe that everyone can discover their purpose? And today, we're talking about that we believe that everybody can make a difference. And can I just brag on us for a second? Like, here's what I love about our church is you are already making a difference. Whether it's the Christmas offering last year and we were able to step into needs for single moms and kids dealing with food insecurity or the next-gen offering that we just finished up in August or collecting thousands of pajamas last Christmas season for kids in foster care. And so many of you are filling up volunteer hours at local nonprofits and serving with our partners in the community. You are already making a difference. And I love this about our church. And of course, I'm a little bit partial to the Snellville campus uh, where I have the opportunity to pastor. Um, and and uh, here's what I can do. Like, I, I can get on our Facebook page and the co-op director will give me a call. Trey, we're really short on diapers. And I can get on the Facebook page and be like, hey, dudes, bring diapers. And they will fill the lobby up in Snellville with diapers. I, I could get on there and say, we need fresh collard greens from South Georgia, and people would find a way to fill up the lobby with some fresh collard greens from South Georgia. It's just who we are. We, we make a difference. And I know that not only do you want to make a difference, you want to keep making a difference. And here's my premise for today's teaching. We want to make a difference, but often we personally don't know how and where to start. Because there's sometimes where we make a difference as a church. And I just gave you some examples where we choose a direction as 12 stone and we make a difference together. But today's teaching is specifically for you. Individually, like what is God asking of you? Where does God want to have you make a difference? So let's talk about what we mean by making a difference. Making a difference is filling the gap from where people are to where God wants them to be. Making a difference is filling the gap. Like somebody is here in their life, and there's a gap from where they are to where God would have them be, and making a difference is when we step in to that gap. And there are gaps all around us. There are gaps with your friends and your family. There are gaps in our community there are gaps and needs in our schools. There are gaps and needs in specific people groups. There are gaps in entire neighborhoods. Let me, let, me, let me illustrate it this way, just to be clear on what I mean by there is a gap. Sometimes we know and we see that there are people who are hungry, food insecurity, and we fill the gap from hungry to fed. Sometimes there are people who simply have a bad mood. None of you today, am I right? 12 stone, we in? No bad moods in here today, but sometimes through your kindness, we can fill a gap from bad mood to happy. College football did start this weekend, so allow this to be a moment of evangelism, because some of you are Georgia fans, 
And by God's favor, we're going to get to be Florida State fans. There's always a couple, amen? And if you're an LSU fan and we play you tonight, this teaching is especially for you because God needs to make a difference in your heart. You, you, you get it. There's a gap. Sometimes, sometimes it's lonely. Somebody is lonely and there's a gap to friendship. Sometimes it's as simple as feeling unwelcome. And there's a gap to welcome. Sometimes it's as big as there is someone. And we know we have people at our campuses who there was a, a child who was an orphan, did not have a home. And they get a home. And maybe the biggest gap, and we'll focus on this in a few minutes, when somebody is lost and they are found in Jesus. And what we do in making a difference is we see this gap. And because we believe everyone can make a difference, everybody can make a difference, we step in and we fill the gap, whether it's with food, whether it's with kindness, whether it's with proper football loyalties, whether it is with friendship, whether it's just with Helping people feel welcome, and of course, down to here, whether it's we fill the gap, are we willing to fill the gap and make a difference by sharing the gospel? Even as I walk through this and illustrate what it means to fill the gap, you, you see it. You see gaps all around you. You see those gaps in your community and in your life. There are large gaps and there are small gaps. There are relationship gaps, there are everyday gaps, there are basic need gaps. And today, I believe God is going to awaken you to the reality that he is asking you to fill the gaps. Because everybody can do this. Everyone. All of you, all of us are in a position to help at least one person by filling a gap in their lives. Whether you feel ready or not, whether you feel worthy or not, whether you feel like you have enough resources or enough knowledge, because um, it's important to realize that making a difference is not reserved for just pastors. Making a difference is not just reserved for, for mature Christians or super Christians, however you want to put it, or, or small group leaders or people who know a lot about the Bible or people who have a, a lot of resources. Making a difference is available for anyone who's willing to take a step into somebody else's gap. And once you agree that God is able to use you, that God can use you to make a difference, the question moves from if God is able to where if you're able to will you, right? The question moves from not can God use me, but will I choose to let God make a difference through me in the lives of others? Today, we believe everybody can make a difference. So let's go. You in? We're in. Let's go. We're going to be back in the book of Romans. We're going to be looking at uh, Romans chapter 12 specifically. But let me give us a quick note on how to understand the book of Romans. The first 11 chapters of Romans, Romans 1, chap uh, chapter 1 through 11, is really uh, uh, setting up the beauty of the gospel. What has God given us in Christ? And we see the, the glory of the saving love that God has shown us through the person of Jesus, and he has offered salvation to us and to the whole world. Romans chapter 1 through 11 explains the gospel. 
And then there's a pivot to Romans chapter 12. And the word therefore pivots from the first 11 chapters to the last four chapters, 12 through 16, because the word therefore is being used by God to teach us that if the gospel is true in me, like if I understand and and have Jesus in my life, then there is necessarily a turn for what that means in my life. Because the gospel, it flows to us in the work of Jesus, but we are not a dead end for the work of the gospel. We're not a cul-de-sac, you're not a pond, you're a river, right? The, The gospel comes to us and then it's intended to flow through us. And Romans chapter 12 through 16 teaches us what a life looks like when the gospel is a part of it. There's implications if you're a follower of Jesus. And the word therefore in Romans chapter 12 pivots to let us see what that life looks like. So Romans chapter 1, or Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1, says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, saying that if you have experienced the love of God, then offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Follow along with me as I read it. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, there's a pattern of this world. And the pattern of this world runs in opposite of the pattern that God has for us. And oversimplifying it, the pattern of this world is this thought that others exist for me. Others exist to make sure that I'm safe, I'm comfortable, my feelings are being met, my needs are being met, and that other people feel my gap. And then maybe, just maybe, if other people fill my gap, I might begin to try to fill other people's gaps. And when we have this type of living, it paralyzes the make a difference that God wants to do through us. Because the greatest difference that could be made through a person is when somebody has been transformed, Romans 1 through 11, by Jesus, and then begins to live for the gap of others that we're going to see in Romans chapter 12. So if we agree together that God can use us, that he wants to use us, and if we've been saved by Jesus, that he's going to use us, how do we practically do this? So we're going to jump to to Romans 12, go a little bit deeper into the passage, and what we're going to do is we're going to see a guide what it means for you and I to make a difference. Here it is. We make a difference by how we live, serve others, and point them to Jesus. Clear and simple. We make a difference by filling gaps through how we live, how we serve others, and how we point them to Jesus. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 14, we make a difference through how we live. And let me tell you, if you're not familiar with this passage, buckle up, because here here we go. This is one of those passages that will try every one of us today. In verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. This is making a difference through how we live. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. 
Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, and some of you are like, that's a big if it's possible. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Listen to this, verse 20. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. <laughs> Let's take a moment and be honest. There ain't many of us who are scoring real high on that passage of scripture. So I need to be honest with you. As I get ready to teach part of this, God is challenging me. I'm preaching to myself. So I'm asking God to give me some grace for I don't live out this passage. I'm going to ask you to give yourself some grace from God as we all struggle to live out this passage. So we're going to give each other grace. We're going to give ourselves grace. Agreed? Agreed. God has asked us to live radically different than the normal patterns of this world. There is not much about that passage of scripture that seems logical to us. God's pattern is different than the world's pattern. Bless those who persecute me. Try to live in harmony and peace with as many people as possible. Take care of my enemy. Like what kind of guide of living is this? It's a model for living that stands out in a world filled with anger, outrage, and offense. It's, it's when we begin to live in a way that makes a, a mark on the world because we have a source for living that is not of this world. Living like this reveals that something transformative has happened inside of a person, and we have been completely changed and given a new source for living. Author Madeline L. Engel wrote this decades ago. This, listen to what she said. She says, we draw people to Christ, which is put in parentheses, make a difference. We draw people to Christ, not by loudly discrediting what they believe or by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely. Love that phrase. By showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. Let that kind of rest in you for a moment that, that we should be living with a light that is so lovely that people see the light and they notice it and they want to move towards it. Now, a quick caveat with this quote. <laughs> of course, we will also need to use words to lead people to Jesus. We don't sacrifice truth. We don't sacrifice scripture. We don't sacrifice the gospel because simply leading a peaceful life is not the only ingredient for making a difference. But don't, don't miss it. It is an ingredient for making a difference that we should be living as lights in this world, lights in darkness based on the pattern of our lives, whether God's pattern or our pattern. And I thought this would help illustrate the point. How many of you remember the game Where's Waldo? You know, when you open a book, I love this as a kid, the, the, the tall, scrawny guy with the candy cane thing and the glasses. Um, I'm going to just give this 10 seconds or so. There's, if somebody can find this, then you're a superhuman and we need to don't raise your hand because you're going to ruin the point of the illustration. But if you can find Waldo, uh, uh, look across the board. Do you see him anywhere? You're wrong. 
Whatever you said, you're wrong. Uh, uh, <laughs> First of all, they trick you because there's a lot, of, uh, there's a lot of, of the candy cane stripes all around this place. And before I, I, I kind of show you where, where Waldo is, go with me here. Go with me here. Sometimes it's hard to find followers of Jesus in the backdrop of this world. Sometimes we, we blend in. And we sneak around with this secret commitment to Jesus as if the goal is to just kind of blend in like Waldo. But, but here's the point. We should blend in. Uh, we should not blend in. We should be a little bit more like this Waldo. Anybody? Was anybody close? No. <laughs> we weren't close. Uh, the, 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 the thought is simple. We should stand out. Jesus is not our secret. He's our source. And this is not in making much of ourselves or in demonstration of, of how good we are. This is a direct result of overflowing. If God is in me, he's transforming and I have a different kind of living. And so instead of blending in and matching the pattern of this world, we grab onto a verse like the one in Romans. It says, bless those who persecute you. We grab onto these truths and we begin to live a completely different way. What if one of the ways that God wants to make the most difference in you is by radically showing the world that followers of Jesus aren't easily offended? That we are grace-filled, peace-giving, gentle. We're not quarrelsome. Christians, stop picking fights. Choose to be patient and loving and sensible. And, and catch it, go back to what Madeline L. Engel said. When you choose to live this way, people see you as light and darkness. And don't get me wrong. Some people will see the light and darkness and they'll attack the light. And you have to be prepared for that. But there are some people that see light and darkness. And what do they do? They lean into the light. Why are you the way that you are? And when they press in to your different pattern of living, you have the opportunity to tell them about the therefore. You have the opportunity to tell them that something different has happened in you and you found something in Christ and now you are being changed into a new creation and you are a light in the darkness and they can have the access to the same light. Live differently. We make a difference this way. And, and there's an important note here about the way the Apostle Paul, the author of Romans, talks about people that, that I don't think we can miss. And I, I gotta hit it. This is hard for us, hard for me. In all of this, in all of our living, we cannot forget the goal of our lives is to win people to Jesus. We don't live to be right. We don't live to win arguments. We certainly don't win to prove others wrong. That makes the person and us the center of this. We live in such a way, we make a difference by allowing people to see Jesus in us. And our faith changes everything about who we are. Our faith changes how we interact with people. Our faith changes how we interact with people we don't like, we disagree with, and even people we may consider our enemies. Why? Because the goal of our lives is not to defeat someone in an argument. The goal of our lives is to win them to the person of Jesus Christ. That is the goal. And so we cannot miss this. We can't miss it. Because then as you begin to live differently, 
You begin to fill the gaps around you and make a difference simply by this pattern of life that you've chosen. So we, we choose gentleness instead of outrage. We choose kindness. We choose selflessness. We choose love for our enemies. We choose patience. And we choose good over evil. Do this, and I promise you will begin making a difference. Make a difference in how we live. Now let's take it a step more intentional. How we live, kind of how we run our lives, but then we make a difference by how we serve. And by intentional, I mean this is when you're going to put yourself forward to actually serve somebody. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9, gives us a wonderful template for this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. There's really two ways I want to teach this passage. Because the Apostle Paul is doing a couple of important things. But here's the first thing he's doing. He's actually teaching something specific about how Christians are to serve and interact with other Christians inside of the family of God. Uh, think about why this matters to making a difference on the world, like making a difference in people who don't yet know Jesus. Because if we can't love well inside of the family of God, then why would anyone outside of the family of God want in on anything that we have to offer? Uh, you know what FOMO is? I promise it's not a cuss word. Uh, FOMO is the fear of missing out. How many of you struggle with FOMO? Like you always want to be in, in everybody else's business. Uh, <laughs> you always want to be invited. You're the type that gets on social media and you're like, oh, well, Becky had another party and didn't invite me. Um, I don't know why. If your name's Becky, I'm sorry. Um, I get FOMO pretty easily. Um, I think it's a holy curiosity. My wife thinks I'm nosy, um, but uh, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Here's a challenging thought. When was the last time that someone wasn't a Christian, looked into how we do life together, looked in on how we served one another, loved one another, laughed with one another, spent time with one another, and thought, dang, I don't want to miss out on that. That they have something, those Christians, that church, those followers of Jesus, they have something with how they love one another that makes somebody that doesn't know Christ want to look over and go, ooh, can, am I invited? By the way, they are, which is so core to our vision as a church of daymaker. And we want to be daymakers. That every time we gather for worship on Wednesdays and on Sundays, that people show up and through the course of their week, this is the place that's most fun, exciting, and warm because we're here to serve them. Daymaker is really all about serving people, which is why so many of you are joining Daymaker teams across our campuses and at 12 Stone Home because you want to serve people and you want to create an environment that people who don't yet know God see how we do life together and think, Ooh, there's something over there that I want. And many of you are being daymakers in the community and in your home as well. What a good filter for serving others. Waking up every day and thinking, how can I make someone else's day? 
telling you this works. And we show people what a life in Jesus is by serving them. And if you do this, putting them first, their needs first, their wants first, serving them, you will begin to make a difference. And once we get all this kind of serving each other figured out inside the family of God, I love how this applies to how we would continue to serve others who are outside of faith in Jesus. Verse 9 of Romans 12, let me go back to that. It says, let love be sincere. Another translation reads, let love be without hypocrisy. Meaning, let the love that you have be more than words. That if love is real, it always reveals itself in how you serve people. Which is why that passage is so practical and has real life implications. It's almost like God is saying that if your love is real, like if it's more than just words, if your love is real, then these things will flow from you. Honor others above yourself. Share with others. Practice hospitality. That is to people feel welcome around you. And this matters because love is more than an emotion. Love is practically and necessarily an action. Love, when fully realized, makes the greatest impact on the lives of others because love is not just sentimental feeling. Love steps into the gaps. It is love that sees someone who is far from God and says, I've got to step in. It's love that sees someone in foster care and says, I have to help take care. It is love that sees someone who is unwelcome and says, I want them to feel welcome. It's love that moves us into the gaps. And it's love that sees a need and doesn't ignore it. It's love that is more than just, oh, I saw that on social media. That's really sad. I feel really sorry. Love is more than a sentiment or a distant compassion. Love is action. Love sees a need and moves towards the need. Listen to 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 16. This is how we know what love is. By the way, <laughs> I love the Bible. It, I know that there are pieces of it that are unclear and uh, you know, get confusing, but sometimes the Bible's like, hey, let me tell you what's up. <laughs> and this is one of those moments. The Bible's like, all right, let me tell you what's up. The apostle John writes, he goes, let me tell you what love is. First, I'm gonna start with Jesus. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. The image of love. Jesus dying in our place to pay for our sin, though he had not sinned, voluntarily choosing the cross so that his payment for sin would be accepted. And then three days later, rose from the dead to have victory over the grave. And now that invitation to have victory over the grave is extended to anyone everywhere. This is the good news of the gospel. And he says, okay, you want to know what love is? Start there. Start with Jesus. He's on a cross for you. And then, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone, again, the Bible just keeps getting more clear. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. Don't forget this. It matters that we meet real needs of people around us especially people who don't know Jesus, because people won't care much about Jesus until they know how much we actually care. 
There are people who will never take a step towards the gospel if they don't see us actually caring for them. And because Jesus is in us, we begin to serve and we take one small step towards a need by serving someone and we begin to make a difference. I want to share a story that I think beautifully illustrates this. (laughs) My first full-time job, I was 21 years old, a Jesus-loving, passionate man up in Gainesville, Georgia in the chicken business named Todd Robson. He was also like... He is a redneck through and through. Um, (laughs) Todd had a vision for a nonprofit that helped share the gospel in the community, and he called it Straight Street Ministries, and he hired me at 21 years old to help lead it. We started Straight Street. Uh, His passion wore off on me. It was wonderful to share the gospel with people. On the back of my very first business card ever, I don't know if you, I got the very first one. I'm 21 years old. On the back of it said, love someone and Tick Satan off. About said the other word. Love someone and tick Satan off. That's what it said. It's just passion. So we shared the gospel in the community. We did block parties in neighborhoods that needed to hear Jesus, and and we could provide food. And we did home repairs all throughout the community. It was it was great. And in the time that I worked for for Straight Street, we were approached by a teacher and a counselor at a local elementary school, and they had seen a need and wanted to serve it. They saw a need and they moved towards it. And what they were seeing is there was a large amount of students at this elementary school who did not eat on the weekends. During the week, they could eat breakfast and lunch because of free lunch at their school. But on the weekends, they'd go home hungry. And one of the stories that just tore our hearts out was they would see kids going to the lunch line and packing their pockets full of saltine crackers and ketchup so that they could have something to eat on the weekend. This teacher and this counselor wouldn't stand for it. So they had an idea. What if we packed backpacks, backpacks full of non-perishable foods, rice, beans, peanut butter, granola bars, canned vegetables and fruit, and we put it in a backpack so it was inconspicuous for those kids and we could slip it on their back on the way out of school on Friday so they would have food for their family over the weekend. What a great idea for this teacher and this counselor. So in the fall of 2009, we took on this project as Backpack Love, and we started with 10 backpacks in about two or three schools. This was what the operation looked like a little bit then. Uh, It's a blurry picture because that's, I think, I don't know what kind of phone I even took that with. Um, We were in a closet at a church up in Hall County. We began to, to feed these kids on the weekend through Backpack Love, and here's ultimately what was happening Those teachers saw a need, and they had to do something about it. They had to do something about it. And here's a hope for for us today, for you, is that there is something in your life that you have to do something about. You, You see a need. You have a passion. There's a gap in your community. There is a brokenness that you are aware of. And today, what if God would awaken in you a do something about it moment where you're not waiting on somebody else to step into the gap, but you're going to do something about it, and you're going to be the one to step into the gap. And this teacher and this counselor did. They stepped into the gap. And in fall of 2009, we began to uh, deliver food to these schools. 15 years later, this is what their warehouse looks like. Backpack Love still continues in Hall County. They deliver about 900 backpacks full of food every weekend. Isn't that incredible? 
gap filled. Hungry, fed. Community, served. Because a teacher and a counselor decided they had to do something about it, and they wanted to make a difference by serving others. There's a need in your life that you need to move towards in the same way. But then we got to go to the final way that we can make a difference. And, and honestly, if I can just speak clearly, this is the most important gap that we could fill. Because in our living and in our serving, what we're ultimately trying to do is to point people to Jesus. Make a difference by how we point people to Jesus. I'm going to jump to verse 9. Listen to Paul just to kind of describe the gospel. He says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. This is Romans chapter 10, starting verse 9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the good news. The word gospel literally means good news. That anyone, anywhere, at any time can have eternal salvation by placing their faith in Jesus Christ. And salvation is only found in Jesus. Therefore, eternity is on the line. So we point people to Jesus. It is all about this message getting out to the whole world. Talk about light. This is the light. And so what's our role in it? Romans chapter 10, verse 14 lays it out so powerfully. He says, how then can they call? How can people who don't yet know Jesus, how could people who right now, if they were to die today, would not spend an eternity with God in heaven? How can those people be saved if they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the progression. Don't miss it. People need to believe in Jesus to be saved. But how are they going to hear and believe about Jesus unless someone preaches to them? And let me tell you, it's not talking about me preaching. It's not talking about Jason or Steve or your pastor. What it's talking about is you being the one to tell people in your life about the good news of Jesus Christ. And how, listen, and how will you do that unless you are sent? So hear me, 12 Stone. Everybody can make a difference. You are being sent. You are being sent right now. If you needed a sign, this is your sign. You are being sent into your community and into the whole world to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Your feet can also be beautiful. This is the best news in the history of the world, but I've heard it said like this, and this is why there's gravity and there's weight. How do we make a difference? We make a difference by people's eternities being changed by hearing the good news of Jesus, and they say yes to Jesus in their lives, their eternity completely changed. But carry this with me. The news of Jesus is not good news if it doesn't get there in time. What are we waiting on? Invitation to share the gospel. This is the most important gap that we could ever help fill. Lost to found. Dead to life. Not knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus. And we have a responsibility, each one of us, to make a difference by pointing people to him. And I know this is daunting, so let me give us some thoughts on, on how, to move, how to move towards this. I know it's scary. I know it can be awkward. 
I'm not asking you to go out to the mall today and start shouting about it in the halls. Maybe you will. I don't know. But what if it started with this, a simple invite to the tailgate series next week at a campus or 12 stone home, because we're going to share the gospel every single time and give people an opportunity to respond. What if it was joining a daymaker team as an elementary group leader or a middle school or high school group leader, because that would put you face to face with the next generation to share with them the good news of Jesus. What if it was building a friendship with a different group of people that you don't know really well because you've seen and you understand that they don't trust Jesus as Savior and you're going to build friendship with them and hope that God gives you the right opportunity to share the gospel? Maybe you have friends or family, people that you're already close to that have not surrendered their life to Christ. And today, God is awakening in you a do something moment with them to share Jesus. We want to make a difference by how we live, by how we serve others. How we point people to Jesus. And I'll give you two thoughts that I hope kind of help activate our church today. Simple thoughts to give us handholds on where we're going to go with this. Everybody can make a difference. So here's what you need to do. Start today and don't overthink it. Start today and don't overthink it. Start today. God has given you what you need to make a difference that he wants you to make today. This isn't just for future you, though I do believe that God wants to grow your future capacity to make a difference. God has things for you in the future, but he has a vision for your life today. You are already in position to make a difference for somebody somewhere. Start today and don't overthink it. Go for it. Risk it. Risk doing something good. Risk serving somebody, risk putting someone first, risk being kind, risk telling someone about Jesus, risk filling the gap. And I know that, that, that it may be scary or daunting or you're nervous about feeling awkward, but this is what God has made you for. That we can know him, we can find freedom, he's made you on purpose, and then he said, would you go out into all the world and make a difference in the lives of other people? This is what you are here for. And I promise you, if you begin to do this in someone's life, two things, if you do it out of love, they'll listen. People can tell if they are a check on your religious scorecard, or they can tell if you actually love if you love them, they'll listen. And second, start with your story. You may not know all the ins and outs of the scripture. You may have big theological questions yourselves. You may feel intimidated by it, but you know what they can't deny? Your undeniable experience with God yourself. So you lean in, you begin to share what God has done for you. You begin to love the person in front of you, and I believe you'll begin to make as pastors across our campuses and 12 Stone Home get ready to come up, here's, here's my prayer for today. Again, don't overthink this. Don't underestimate yourself. You have everything you need to make a difference in somebody's life today. So here's what I'd like for you to pray. Would you pray for a God? I want a do something about it moment. I dare you to pray that. I dare you to pray, God, show me what you want me to do something about. Because if you pray a prayer like that, whether you're ready or not, he'll answer it. God loves to answer prayers when we say, Lord, 
what would you have me do something about? And as you pray it and you realize that you can make a difference, pray you respond back to God with, I'm in. Let's go, church. Everybody can make a difference. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.